Now, if any of you are like me and watch a pretty good amount of television and news to keep informed, there's this one commercial that keeps coming on for the Chevrolet electric cars. And, and everybody's in the car just singing in happy as they save the planet from fossil fuels and climate change. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. And welcome to the Monday edition of Truth to Ponder. And I'm your host, Bob Bierman. Well, today, today I want to talk about what I consider the new age religions that are dominating the world and decimating our society all at the same time. There are several new humanistic religions and they're all interweaved with each other. And the sooner you realize this, the better off you're going to be. Now, somebody would say, well, Bob, there are atheists out there, too. They don't buy into these religions. Oh, you better believe that they do and don't even realize it. They're holding up the tenets of a faith they may claim they don't even have. But they live by that faith. They live by those rules. As I watch the television and I see that commercial come on over and over again for the Chevrolet, I guess they call this one the Bolt, used to be the Volt. Now it's the bolt. And everybody's happy in the car. They're all just going down the highway. And they're playing some of the kids in the back seat. They're just playing with their telephones, their little iPhones that also run on batteries and need to be charged with, dare I say it, fossil fuels. There is a religion of climate change which is incorporated in the religion of worshiping the planet and not the creator of the planet. And I know a lot of churches, a lot of major denominations around the United States and the world for that matter, have bought into this climate worship, this climate concern. Now don't get me wrong, I believe firmly without the shadow of a doubt that we need to be good stewards of the Earth's resources. On that, you can't deny it. You don't do things that are harmful like destroy rivers and pollute them, like we did for many, many years, starting during the Industrial Age. Because we didn't understand the consequences, but by the 1940s and 50s, it was becoming rather obvious and throwing in chemicals and other things that are harmful into our our riverbeds was not a good idea. We didn't realize how much they could accumulate and how much damage they could cause. Now, I've probably mentioned this at least a half a dozen times in the last couple of years. I can remember the stories about the Cuyahoga River between Akron and Cleveland, Ohio, It had actually done it in the 1950s from all the chemicals from all the various industries that dominated that region at the time. Akron, Ohio. That was the tire capital. Their nickname for ages and probably still is, is the Rubber City. All your major tire manufacturers were based around Akron, Ohio. When I was attending electronics school, I knew I knew some people that were students at the school I was attending that worked 
in some cases, full-time jobs at one of the tire manufacturers, whether it be nighttime or early in the morning, daytime, and then they're going to school part-time, trying to get their electronics education. One of the guys that I knew that I actually live with in this large house, he would get up around, oh, I don't know, 4.30, quarter of five in the morning and get ready to go to work. And he worked till sometime in the early afternoon. And then he was in school later in the afternoon into the early evening, tried to study and go to bed early to get up. This was his day, five days a week. And, and he said, you know, it's good money working at these factories. But he said, I'm telling you, he said, you work there 10, 20, 30 years, you're going to be paying a really bad price with your back and other issues. He said, I want to better my life and be able to work for this company, but in a different capacity. And that's why he was in school. And all these industries that dominated so much of the industrial Northeast in places like Syracuse and Buffalo, New York, Cleveland, Akron, Ohio, Detroit, Michigan, uh, even into the Midwest, into Wisconsin. It was becoming obvious that the pollution they were causing was harmful. I agree, 100%. And we took action to clean up our act. We don't need a lot of smog like they had in Los Angeles. We don't need polluting the rivers and waters. And so over the years, our technology advanced immensely. The haze that used to be in Los Angeles is long gone. And it's not because everybody in Los Angeles is driving an electric car. Technology worked to meet the challenge. The same is true with pollution. The Cuyahoga River was pronounced dead in 1972 because of all the pollution the experts you know there's always these climate experts pollution experts that will make these massive pronouncements as this they as they're just pure fact and you must accept it we were told the Cuyahoga River would be dead for 10,000 years 10,000 years. Not a chance it'll ever come alive again. Yet all that happened was the pollution was reduced and eventually eliminated. And within 25 or 30 years, the Cuyahoga River was back. Its beauty was back. Life was back in the Cuyahoga River. Which just reminds me of something I can remember hearing years ago. The earth is a living planet, a tribute to a living God. In time, the earth healed itself from this destruction that we were causing. The same with so many things that we've learned over the years. And we've learned to do better, to be better stewards of this planet. You know, the 1960s, all we heard about was pollution, pollution, pollution. 1967 guy by the name of Tom Lear. He's a comedian, does an act where he plays the piano and sings some parody songs, some, uh, shall we say, conscious folk songs of things that need to be fixed. 
and they're rather funny. And I can remember hearing this song in 1967. If you visit American City, you will find it very pretty. Just two things of which you must beware. Don't drink the water and don't breathe the air. Pollution, pollution, they got smog and sewage and mud. Turn on your tap and get hot and cold running crud. So let me add a few thoughts on all of this. Let's go back to that time. In the 1960s, when the idea of smog and pollution was a big deal, and it was. I'm not saying that it wasn't. But by the time 1972 rolled around and Richard Nixon signed the bill to put the Environmental Protection Agency into being, most of the states in this country had done an outstanding job of dealing with the pollution problem on their own. It became very apparent, even to those in industry, this was not sustainable. And the troubles that they would be creating would be massive. And so the consensus of the time was very simple. We need to do something about this, and we did. But we did it in what I would consider and what I firmly believe in a systematic and organized way. And like I say, Cuyahoga River is back. Many of these formerly terribly polluted places, you would never know they had been terribly polluted places. Now, I'm not excusing any of it. Don't get me wrong. I'm just pointing out that the the planet is not near as fragile as the so-called climate experts would have you believe. The earth-worshipping experts would have you think that we're at the verge of doomsday. That if we don't do something right now, the planet's just going to catch on fire. We must do something. I can remember when Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez was running for the United States House of Representatives and she had won a primary that the guy that had been in the House of Representatives for decades thought was such a safe seat, he didn't bother to campaign. He figured nobody was going to vote for a bartender from the Bronx that sounded as dumb as she did. Well, he was wrong. And now somehow she is an expert that the mainstream media just adores and they they live on every word that falls from her mouth as factual. She and a couple of others in the House of Representatives are really the voice of today's leftist Democrat Party. All about climate, all about abortion, all about green new deals, all about massive change and more government control in every aspect of your life. And that too is part of this religion. We will put people in charge of this planet that will then care for Mother Earth. This is Gaia worship. And we need to reduce the number of inhabitants on the planet. That's Moloch worship. 
the ancient god Moloch demanded infant sacrifice so you could have prosperity and a happy life. Sound familiar in some roundabout way to much of what is being pushed today in mainstream media, in our culture, by what are called social media influencers. Gee, what a title. We never heard of that one 30 years ago. But now it's a big deal, social media influencers. And what that means is these are propagandists to get into the minds of young people that have been taught not to think for themselves. Let me repeat that. Today, students are being taught not to think for themselves. The experts will think for you. Telephone. Google will tell you all you need to know. And if you want to make sure that you're doing the right thing, check out the social media influencers that will guide you through all the complexities of this life. It is part of this new pagan religion. And don't think it hasn't crept into, shall we call it, modern-day Christianity or what's left of Christianity in many of the churches today, if any. All over, all over the United States, all over the world, formerly sound church bodies that firmly believed in the inerrancy of Scripture. In other words, they understood the Bible to be God's written word for his people. All that has been tossed by the wayside and reinterpreted, reinvented, reimagined. That's another term that I really can't stand. We reimagine police departments. That was what we heard back in 2020, defund the police. Let's reimagine Let's reimagine how we deal with this problem. It all sounds good. It's all propaganda. And it's all designed to keep you in obeyance to the changes that are going to be coming your way, whether you want it or not. The climate change narrative, we're going to talk about that in just a moment, and a few other things, is part of what I consider this new religion that has to tear down all the foundations, strip it down, destroy it. Then they build things back in a globalist image. That's why I consider the World Economic Forum a relatively dangerous place. Because this is where these ideas are germinated and become mainstream in governments. They have been They've been around since 1977, 45 years. And gradually, this little organization in Switzerland has become dominant where presidents, congressmen, and senators from the United States, governors, and others have traveled there to learn. Many politicians in the United States, Trudeau in Canada is one, by the way, Macron in in France and so many other locations. When they were younger, they were groomed by the World Economic Forum to be their voice in government. And over time, this 
they've been mobilized to usher in a new world order and a great global reset. And it's in progress right now. And for the most part, and I hope I don't offend some of you, but I'm just going to have to say this. You go to some churches today. You know, there are some churches that bring in drag queens to entertain little children inside the church during a worship service or so-called worship service. It's pagan. It's absolutely reprobate. It is an abomination. And unfortunately, you're seeing it in some United Methodist churches, some evangelical Lutheran churches in America, the Episcopal Church, uh, United Church of Christ. I can go down some Presbyterians. All of this is being normalized. If you look at American history and some of the finest institutions of higher learning in our nation and their history, where they came from, Harvard, Yale, Princeton, the ultimate Ivy League schools have one thing in common. They were originally founded to be places to train ministers of the gospel. They all had divinity schools, and they all meant business in their day. But see, the left has always worked to co-opt education and eventually to indoctrinate children. Satan's plans for this world and for you are long-term. And his followers, those that have bended the knee to him and his evil and have bought the lie, They may not see in their lifetime the ultimate goal achieved, but they know that they will consistently and with perseverance do their part to usher in that age that they believe must come to this planet. Duke University, North Carolina. Many, many, many years ago, they too have a school of divinity. And one of the things about Duke University School of Divinity, I've known some people that have actually attended there and how they came out unscathed. Well, yeah, it's been 25 years. But even then, the wokeism was already entering their theological departments. I ran across a video, sadly, this is radio, so I can't show it to you, but you don't really need to see it. You can hear it. Tells you everything you need to know. This comes from the Duke University Divinity School. Now, this, these are students, shall I say, virtue signaling students, no less, every one of them wearing a face diaper in their chapel. They were having chapel. These are all people going for their Masters of Divinity. They're going for their MDiv. And you look at the group that is in there, and it makes you very concerned about how this is infecting many church denominations today. 
Now, there is this girl who is a learning how to be a preacher, going for her MDiv her last year, and she was getting ready to deliver a sermon at that chapel with all the students wearing their virtue signaling face diaper. And this is the opening prayer. I want you to listen carefully. This is the opening prayer of somebody that is soon to graduate from Duke University School of Divinity. Would you please stand, step into this worship space, and pray with me the words found in your bulletin and on the screen. Strange one, fabulous one, fluid and ever becoming one, do not allow us to make our ideas of you into an idol. You are as close to us as our own breath, and yet your essence transcends all that we can imagine. You are mother, father, and parent. You are sister, brother, and sibling. You are drag queen and trans man and gender fluid, incapable of limiting your vast expressions of beauty. Embodied in us, your creation, we recognize our flesh in all its forms is made holy in you. With thanksgiving, we celebrate your manifestation in all its glorious forms. Blessed are our bodies. Blessed is our love. Blessed are we when we celebrate that which the world turns away. Fill our hearts with a pride rooted in resistance to all that seeks to destroy. Please remain standing and sing with us. Mark my words and listen carefully. She will graduate in the not-too-distant future from Duke University School of Theology, their school of ministry, with a master's degree. And she will end up, mark my words, in some large church, maybe a Presbyterian church, maybe a Methodist church, maybe an Episcopal church, might even be a Baptist church. Don't laugh. Because, see, Duke University, they have the following programs within their House of Studies for theology. They have a certificate in Anglican studies. Well, not the Anglican church that I belong to, I can assure you. They have a certificate in Baptist studies. There's some strange things happening even within the Southern Baptist Church. Black church studies. You can get a certificate in Christian education. They have a school for Methodists. They have a school for Presbyterians. And as I said, even Episcopalians. In addition to the standard school of studies in theology and ministry, they have, ready for this, a certificate in faith, food, and environmental justice. Duke University School of Divinity also has a certificate in faith-based organizing, advocacy, or social transformation. Ready for this one? This is a biggie. A certificate in gender, sexuality, theology, and ministry. And it offers opportunities for women and men to study gender and sexuality 
In other words, to embrace the contemporary lifestyle. And on and on it goes between, like I say, the Methodist and and other certificates that they offer and a certificate in worship. Now, remember, you heard this, this woman, this young lady, soon to have her master's degree from Duke University School of Divinity, which to me is an abomination of a school. This is not a theological education. This is the first church of Satan working their way into churches in America. One by one, these great denominations are falling and failing. And we wonder today, and we wonder today, why 53% of Americans, let alone the world, it's even worse, 53% of Americans have no connection to any kind of church or religious activity in their life. They're not members anywhere. Not even a member of a mosque or a synagogue or anything. And of the 47% they claim any religious affiliation, more than half, their attendance is extremely irregular and their participation minimal. And the majority of that 47%, sadly, belong to churches that would be very content to get somebody like that young lady to lead them as their senior pastor. A gal that called God queer, strange one, said God is gender fluid. He's a drag queen and a trans man. That's what the young lady said. And of course, you know that her God believes in abortion, just like Moloch. This is paganism that cost you a hundred grand probably to, to go achieve if you stay on that campus. Same is true at Princeton and Yale and Harvard. These schools no longer teach the truth of the scripture. They are teaching damnable heresy and they are creating wolves in sheep's clothing with nice little smiles to come into your church to make it an abomination before God. Oh yes, worship the earth. Be concerned about climate. Drive your electric car. Let's bring in a one-world government to, to guarantee outcomes, social justice, and put an end to climate change and inequity. It all sounds good, but it's going to rob you of your freedom. It will ultimately rob you of your ability to worship the way you choose. Because let me tell you something. Let me make something explicitly clear to you. This new world religion is demonic to the core. And ultimately, you're worshiping Lucifer himself 
pretending that you're worshiping God and you're not. I've said a thousand times on this program, literally, well, maybe not a thousand, but I have been as clear and as clear as I can be that the church is under attack. The church is being led astray. Many are preaching and teaching another gospel that is not the gospel. It's a, it's a heresy. St. Paul said, if either an apostle or an angel of God were to preach another gospel than the one that we've preached unto you, call them accursed. I'm calling Duke University School of Divinity accursed. I'm calling many of the seminaries today that are churning out these virtue-signaling, earth-worshipping, goddess-worshipping, demonically-inspired students for what they are. The church is under attack, and we're being led to worship this earth. Drive in your little electric cars. Look, I'm not against the idea of an electric car. Trust me, I've been working in electronics for a good portion of my 50-some-odd years of working, the majority of it. I am pro-technology and improvement. I can see a lot of future in time with alternative energy sources. But I don't see the rush either because we now know we have at least 400 years of what they incorrectly call fossil fuels left. It's not fossil fuel. Come on. That's what the Russians called it in the 1700s. And we're still holding on to that. Don't fall for buying their narrative and using their terms because once you do, you're halfway into their camp and don't realize it. The earth is producing this stuff. There's a lot about this earth we don't know. But we know right now there's a good 400 years And I think long before the next 40 or 100 years are up, science at its own natural pace will find better sources of energy. And I don't think it's going to be solar panels and big windmills. I've got a few stories about windmills and solar panels and earth worship. And climate change, yeah, I'm, I'm called a climate denier, don't you know? And I don't deny climate. There's always been climate, and it's always varied over periods of time. For them to say that the Earth was always static and had a perfect environment and climate is, is foolishness. There's no evidence to back it up. It's all a lie. It's important. I really didn't expect to get into this today. I had, I knew I had those stories early on. I didn't expect to go this long on planetary worship, Guyana worship, Moloch worship, all parading around now in fancy vestments with expensive degrees in monstrous churches with beautiful stained glass windows that once proclaimed the gospel, now proclaim death. You know, it breaks my heart. I know what it's like trying to consider 
building a church from scratch. I've done it. And I'm going to do it again. I've got a young man down not far from Atlanta, Georgia. And he is somebody that I'll be ordaining in the not-too-distant future into the ministry. And he'll be working under a another clergyman who's in his early 40s. This clergyman kind of reminds me of myself like 25 years ago. He's a go-getter, and he's going to help this young man plant and start a church from scratch that proclaims the word of God without compromise. And the target for that church, it's not moving people laterally from some church to another one. It is to primarily reach out to those that are totally unchurched, that 53% whose parents never bothered to raise them in a faith, who never exposed them to the gospel of Jesus Christ, who let them be raised by the world and, and our secular education systems, the television and now social media and YouTube. This is the target because so many of them have questions. And occasionally somebody kind of peers out from their indoctrination and begins to wonder, is this all correct? We need to be ready to proclaim the truth of God to those individuals that are seeking. Here in my own backyard in Virginia, there is a church building that this week I'll have a conversation with the owners of that building. It is actually a church building. It was a small congregation, not going to say what denomination, doesn't matter. They kind of aged out. It was more like, how do I put it politely? Kind of like several families, but they never grew. And now the building sits idle, ready to be used again for the glory of God. I've got other people that I'm talking to in states like Michigan, in states like Tennessee, like I say, Georgia, even Florida, that feel this need to plant these small communities of faith. I think the day of these monster churches will come to an end. The pandemic shut many of them down and many have never come back to what they were. We need people that are that are skilled in the word of God, that understand apologetics, that can face the challenges of this world head on. And when I get back on the other side, I'll conclude this topic and kind of move on a little bit to some of the narrative that has been causing fear and control and share with you like a little sad story that I ran across and how do we combat it? How do we deal with it? How do we, how do we go against the tide of fear and misinformation and Christians being minimized in this society? The fake churches, you can identify a fake church that curses God. They don't even know they're cursing him, but they are. If that church is pro-abortion, they're cursing God. 
if that church is pushing transgenderism on young children, God has words for them. Better to have a millstone tied around their neck for what they're doing to those kids. The Bible is plain. The Bible is clear. There's no iffy, there's no wishy-washiness about this. God is not, oh, strange one. He's not queer. He's not gender fluid. He's not your drag queen. And he doesn't believe in killing children in the womb. If that's what your church espouses or permits, get out of that church. It's an abomination. And as St. Paul says, get out from among them and do not touch the unclean thing. If you believe in the work that we're trying to do here at Truth to Ponder, I've got a lot of things that are in front of me right now, opportunities to not just expand this radio program, but some other opportunities. I'm looking at my desk, things that I need to get done. And and time is sometimes my enemy. That's why I need your prayers just as much, if not more, than, than the financial support you give to this program to keep it on shortwave radio. We need to keep that door open because the Internet access may come and go for programs like this. The day can come when some of the vent, when some of the platforms that this program can be heard as a podcast may make the program first harder to find and then possibly eliminate it altogether. So I need to be ready for those inevitabilities because they're going to come. Look how fast the world changed because of the coronavirus. Look how fast the world changed in 2020. And look how fast the world has changed since 2021 here in the United States in particular. And we hope maybe in like two weeks, maybe, don't hold your breath, maybe, maybe things might get a little better for a season. I pray they do. I do pray the election has an impact, a positive one, to open a window of opportunity because that window will ultimately close. Don't think we're going to fix the world and make it Christian at the elections in 2022 or 2024, anywhere in the world. All we're doing is postponing the inevitable and getting a little breathing room. That's the gospel truth. If you believe in this ministry, you can support us from our website currently, which is truththenumber2ponder.com. That's one way. And many do. At the end of the month, though, if you've been using PayPal, I'm not going to have it available for this program because, well, I think the time has come to say goodbye to using PayPal to support this work. Plain and simple. What I need to do is move this more toward Give, Send, Go or another Christian-type organization, or maybe even Gab Pay. I don't know. We're going to work on that, and I'm just trying to find the best way to do this. Or you can use our mailing address, which, by the way, if you 
are writing a check, you can always make it out to Ancient Word Radio. That's Ancient Word Radio. Ancient Word Radio, it's Post Office Box 510. P.O. Box 510 in Chilhowee, Virginia. That's C-H-I-L-H-O-W-I-E. Chilhowee, Virginia. And the zip code in Chilhowee, Virginia is 24319. That's 24319. And your help is appreciated more than you will ever know. And we will be right back. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. When I walked into a tree, coming up, Shalom Alechem, this is the nice Jewish boy, Jonathan Kahn, your Jewish connection, bringing you the riches of your Jewish roots in Jesus. Now get your pen out as fast as you can so you don't miss out on receiving a special free gift you're going to get in love in a moment. When I was about 12 years old, I was in summer camp, and as one of the boys, I wanted to impress the girls, and the girls were looking, and I was waving to one of the girls and kind of walking away and kind of looking back at her, smiling, looking kind of cool, waving again, walking away, turning back, and keep as I walked, I, I kept doing this, and I'm looking back. It looked really cool until I walked straight into a tree. I wasn't looking where I was going. I was looking at her. And she must have been shaking her head. It must have looked very pathetic. But it shows a simple but profound truth. You can't walk ahead if you're looking behind. If you're dwelling on what happened in your life, on the past, you're not going to move ahead in the Lord in your life. If you're dwelling on what people did to you, you're not going to move ahead. If you're turning around to see if the enemy's following you, you're not going to be following the Lord. If you're looking at what other people or whether they're coming along or not coming along or how they're doing or what they're doing, you're not going to have your eyes on the Lord. Stop looking behind you. Have the attitude Paul had. He said, this I do. One thing I do, forgetting what is behind, I press on. I press on forward to what is ahead. This I do, fixing my eyes on him. Keep your eyes ahead of you. Keep your eyes fixed on the one you're walking to. Run the race with endurance, fixing your eyes on the calling, the greater love, the growth, the greater things God has for you, and you'll do fine. Otherwise, you'll find yourself crashing into trees. Want more? Ask for You're Being Followed. Now, the free gift for you. First of all, how'd you like to receive special daily spiritual vitamin supplies to help you be strong and victorious in the Lord? That's Sapphires. You get a free gift subscription plus the Mystery of the Temple Doors on CD. It's yours free. How do you get it all free? Easy. Just remember Jesus' real Hebrew name, Yeshua, and you dial it. Just call 1-800-YESHUA-1. You will be blessed, but call now 1-800-YESHUA-1. I invite you to join me in the Great Commission to bring salvation back to the Jewish people and to reach millions of unreached peoples around the world on five continents. It's amazing. It's through shortwave radio. You can blanket the planet. It's the farthest way you'll ever impact the world. It's amazing. Just call 1-800-YESHUA-1. That's Y-E-S-H-U-A-1. Or write me direct. Here's the address. Nice Jewish boy, Box 1111, Lodi, L-O-D-I, New Jersey, 07644. That's Box 1111. It's Lodi, New Jersey, 07644. Till next time, this is Jonathan Kahn saying, don't look back, look ahead, follow him. Shalom Nechem, peace be to you, my friend, in Messiah, Haderech, the way. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. And welcome back to part two of Truth to Ponder for this Monday, 
I'm your host, Bob Bierman. Before I get to the next topic, I just kind of want to wind up the one I had about Duke Divinity School. I took a little look at uh, what they say at Duke, you know, to get that Master of Divinity degree so you too can call God queer and trans man and gender fluid just like that gal that'll soon be graduating and probably pastoring a church. And to learn all this silliness and nonsense and to make a mockery of scripture, the tuition's around eh, between twenty-seven and $30,000 basically a year. But that doesn't include everything. There's still another basically $1,235 a month for a room. Food is about $400 a month. You need transportation. That's another hundred and this is what they charge you, $198 a month and allow four grand a year for miscellaneous. In other words, another about, oh, 20 some odd thousand dollars. Plus you have to have insurance, health insurance. And that's running at $3,300 a year. You have to show you have it. And you can imagine the vaccination status. And don't forget the health fees, recreational student fees. Yeah, now we're at something like, what, $60,000 a year? So you, too, can make a mockery of Scripture and run an apostate church. Wow. I'm just amazed how far these schools have fallen away and this is what is entering our pulpits and our church buildings all over the united states of formerly sound churches that have been rotting away from the inside out for 50 years or more and here we are you see why i am so concerned and it's not just this radio program it's the other things you don't know that i do in the course of my week that I'm finding incredibly concerning. We've got to to proclaim the good news of the gospel. We can't hide any longer in the four walls of our church buildings if you are in a sound church. We can't go to the bunker. We're told to go ye therefore. To go. That's the operative word. Not stay, not hide. Go. So pray for me for the efforts that I have in trying to raise up the people that I can raise up to do their little part in God's kingdom. It would mean a lot to me if you just keep me in prayer. And I'll tell you more over time what's going on with some of these people that I'm talking to. This new religion, and I I was going to get into some stuff this program. I'm just going to have to push it into tomorrow. I had a a few stories that ought to concern you and make you think twice about some of the narrative we've been fed for two and a half, almost three years. And I'll deal with that tomorrow. But if you notice that over the past, let's, let's go back 50 years ago. 50 years ago, when it came to things like homosexuality, it was a matter of, would you just put up with us? Just leave us alone and tolerate us. Then in time, it was accept us. 
By the time we got to 2015, it was embrace us, allow us to marry. And now it's fall down and worship us. We are superior to you. And if you don't believe it, listen to some of their activists. Look at the pride parades back in June. These are obscene. These are vile. These are perverted. But they demand that they have the right to act perverted in front of children, men dressing as women, in libraries, and now, yes, even churches, doing some obscene gestures in front of little children, destroying their minds. And this is being mainstreamed. And we, we fight back, but we don't fight back. And what happens over time, we just gradually erode away and accept a little bit more and more of this disgusting behavior. And we just say, well, what are you going to do? That's kind of the attitude. Ah, live and let live. They're coming for your children. They're coming for your children in the schools and, yes, even the churches. They will not rest until they have claimed the souls of our youth and our children. That's what it comes down to. I'm going to share just to show you what is passing for normality today in this Biden administration. And this is true all over Europe and all over Australia, United Kingdom, Canada. All this is being normalized. There is a guy by the name of, let me get the name correct here, Dylan Mulvaney. Dylan Mulvaney. And, and Dylan is a trans actress turning into a girl now. She once toured on, or he toured on Broadway and turned to social media when the pandemic hit. And this, this individual now has 7 million followers. You heard me use the term social media influencer. Well, Dylan Mulvaney, a guy pretending she's a girl, had the opportunity to go to the White House to meet Joe Biden to talk about transgender issues. By the way, it was on day 222 of being a girl. Listen to Dylan Mulvaney. It's day 222 of being a girl. I'm in Washington, D.C., and I'm going to the White House to speak to the President of the United States. You know that phrase, I fear I may have girl boss too close to the sun? Well, that's how I feel today because I get to sit down with Joe Biden and now this news and I get to ask him a few questions surrounding trans issues in the United States and talk to him about my transness. And I, I really just want to represent my community the best that I can. And you know what? As silly as I am on here, I'm ready to step up and show that trans people, we're not going anywhere. And that trans kids, they deserve a fighting chance to be their true self. Okay. Oh my God, I'm running late. Let's go. And y'all are obviously wondering what I'm going to wear to meet the president. Here you go. It's the trans flag colors. I am absolutely speechless. And for me, that doesn't come easy in what I just heard. And, And as I'm listening to this guy 
who, like Richard Levine, wants to pretend they're a woman and wants medical science to destroy their human bodies, wreck them with surgeries and hormones and puberty blockers and everything else. They want this for children. By the way, this raises a really fascinating question that I now have for the Democrat Party that seems to only have January 6th and abortion to run on because it's not going to be the economy, obviously. They've wrecked it. It's not going to be energy independence. They've destroyed that. It's not international credibility. They've ruined it. And this is what they invite to the White House? Dylan Mulvaney turning into a girl? This is what's important to the White House. And by the way, right after, that was last Thursday, right right after uh, Dylan Mulvaney met at the White House and got a cookie from Joe Biden, Joe Biden then left the White House to go back home to, to Delaware. That was the most important thing on his agenda for the entire day was taking a little time to meet with Dylan Mulvaney. Wow. And we wonder how this nation, once under God, can survive. Not for much longer. But if we get a little window of opportunity and we can delay the inevitable, we need to get serious about sharing the good news of the gospel to bring as many into the fold as humanly possible, divinely probable, and do the work that God has given us to do faithfully. May God find us faithful. Like I said, I had a lot of other stories I wanted to share today, but I'm simply just not going to be able to get them in, but I'm going to have them tomorrow. Stories you need to hear. The Dylan Mulvaney's of this world, what really bothered me and upsets me, I I think of people like myself, and I'm not bragging on myself, don't get me wrong, I'm just a small, little, tiny voice in the wilderness with a handful of people that hear this program by comparison to these Dylan Mulvaney types on shortwave and and those that listen literally around the world, but it's not some massive number in the hundreds of thousands that listen as a podcast. And these are the influencers that have the 7 million, 7 million followers. And and I'm looking at another video that Dylan put out, taking singing lessons to sound more like a girl in Los Angeles before Dylan headed off to to D.C. And all all of his followers, his, I'm saying it, He's not a girl. It's a he playing with some hormones and trying to become an influencer on social media, riding the wave, so to speak. And everybody is just thinking, how gorgeous you are. I'm so happy for you, Dylan. I mean, it is amazing that people are buying into this. But then again, Our educational system is broken. Our churches in America have been stripped of their manliness. Yeah, they have. Let's be honest. They've been stripped 
of the truth. People look at the Bible and decide, they use terms, and I, I meet people like this all the time. Well, you know, the Bible is just a book written by men, so you don't have to really take it all serious if you don't want to. And they wonder why their lives are screwed up with that kind of thought process when it comes to Almighty God and why their worlds always seem to never be what they should be. And there's always an emptiness. Or those that decide church is all about my feelings and what feels good to me and makes me happy. This is what we're fighting today in this world. And people are putting the Dylan Mulvaney's on the pedestal to be idolized and worshiped like like Taylor Swift was in her time and others. The world, I'm just going to say it for what it is. It is going to hell, period, rapidly, in a handbasket, sliding downhill at a high rate of speed. It's going to crash and burn. Judgment Day is coming. And that day comes ever so much closer. We don't have time. You can't hide anymore. You have to be counted. I will continue to do this radio program as long as God gives me voice and a place for this program to be heard. I will continue helping those coming into ministry to plant faithful churches that believe in God's holy word and lead people into the faith. That is what I am going to do. This is my calling. This is my ministry. Some of you have a calling and a ministry as well. We deal with a lot of issues on this program. Everything from the pandemic to matters of faith to the lies of government. We do it all. And we do it because you have supported us since we started this program over two years ago. I'm going to ask you again as we close the program, if you can help us financially, would you consider a financial gift? Make the check payable to Ancient Word Radio. Mailing address is Post Office Box 510, P.O. Box 510 in Chilhowee, Virginia. C-H-I-L-H-O-W-I-E, Chilhowee, Virginia. And the zip code in Chilhowee, Virginia is 24319. That's 24319. And you can support us from our website. This has been Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. To find out more, visit our website, Truth, the number two, and the word ponder.com. That's Truth, the number two, ponder.com. Truth. To ponder, shining the light of truth in a darkening world.